processes and tools dominate today's Agile discussions, but we are devoted to the individuals and interactions that make it work. From the beginner to the veteran practitioner, we have something for you. Welcome to Agile for Humans. All right, Agile for Humans, South Africa. Take one. No, take this is one. take two. Take, take two. Take Be two. honest. All right, we're <laughs> honest. <laughs> Are you the transparent? But this is the perfect side. one. But the essential complication. <laughs> the essential well, complication. Well, oh, complexities, not which complications. Is the one it's a complexity. I want to read, actually. I started reading it. Uh, Frederick Brooks, yes. uh, Metho- uh, No Silver Bullet. Yes. So if you right. get the 20th anniversary of No Mythical Man Month, uh-huh. which basically says you cannot ask seven or nine women to produce a baby in one month, which is often how managers would like to develop software. True. Um, If you get the 20th anniversary version, it includes No Silver Bullet and a few other essays that he wrote after the book. Um, The four essential complexities. So what Brooks does is divides software development into essential, which is the core issues that we have to address, and accidental complexities. Accidental complexities would be things like what technology stack are you using, what process are you using, are you using Scrum, Kanban, Lean. Um, Actually, Waterfall is mainly a straw man because if you read Brooks, I'm sorry, um, Winston's original paper, there are feedback loops in the waterfall process. You know, they may be six, eight, ten months long, but there are still feedback loops. And so when we posit Agile, Scrum versus waterfall, we're really talking about a strong argument. True. Um, Yeah, we're just talking about shorting the feedback loops, right? Well, so we are shorting the feedback loops, absolutely. And that's part of dealing in a complicated, complex environment is to be able to make better decisions Smaller decisions, quicker, mm. so that you get a better outcome for the customer, the, the user. And this is one of the things that Ryan and I have talked about two or three times, is no matter what you say, this is about delivering value to a user. Um, we talk about... Uh, Scrum, we talk about coaching, we talk about the answers. Or Let me ask you a powerful question. This is all incidental. Mm-hmm. It's about delivering value to somebody who gives you this magic thing called cash. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't get the cash, you, you don't on. stay in business. Yeah. Yeah, while we're in business, yeah. to make money. Yes, absolutely. Fact. Um, yeah. And that's Barry Tandy. <laughs> so oh, Don, really? Don Gray inter- does the introduction to the topic. Barry brings up the capitalistic point of view, surprisingly. Yeah. Well, it wasn't up, one of up, the Americans up, who did it. I'm from a bank. Indeed, I yeah. worked for a bank. Barry worked for a for bank. For many years. So, I so. thought that's incidental. I thought you make the money because you're looking after your customer. And that is cool. That's an interesting... So Carl brings forward the viewpoint of obliquity, right? That if you take care of the customer, that's your direct goal. The indirect outcome is yes. money. Yes, and that's right? actually what... Um, and this is 
Joanne Perrell. Who posits that is that actually what we're here to do is to serve our customers and that profit is an incidental um, is what happens when we serve our customers effectively, right? So when we're giving our customers what they need and solving problems that they need to be solved, then the outcome of that is that we are going to be profitable. And often, I mean, and I've seen it sadly in the banking industry in mm -hmm. South Africa, um, is that when we start to focus on how do we make more money, we stop thinking about how do we service our customers. And in actual fact, the result is that we make less money because the things that we come up with that we think are the things that our customers want are things that we think are going to make us more money, but in actual fact, nobody really cares about them. And so the side effect is that we don't make more money. Because we yep. don't know who our real customers are. And we think the customers that we're serving are our real customers, when in fact the customers that we're serving are people that live within the organization that we're ultimately serving. So that's yeah, interesting. I'm so do you think that the customer representation in certain industries is a proxy? Yeah. Is that yes. Very much. And what's the danger of a proxy for the customer? What, do you, what does that lead to? Job security is the danger. <laughs> that's the danger. That's the, <laughs> well, so that's, that, a, that, that's the see, motivation, I would imagine. It seems yeah. to me that's a benefit to yeah. the proxy. Yeah. So, South African labor laws, job security is, you're actually far more secure than you are in the US, for example. Like the labor laws protect you in a big way. But when we have someone who's a proxy to our customer, mm. what, does that do, what does that do to our agile practice, right? So labor uh, laws uh, aside, uh, right? Uh, 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 uh. Sorry, this is Don throwing the air flag. Uh. What does it do to delivering value to the customer? Excellent correction. <laughs> yeah, wrong assumption. Uh, wrong assumptions, I mean. It's, it's a, do you really, really know? Who the customer is? Who the customer is? Did you did you did you look him in the eye? Do you That's understand the context? Do you exactly? So I do think you really know what they need. So this is Oz jumping in. Let's yeah. hear it. Oz, what do you what do you think? No, I just think that we forget that all of our customers are real people. One hundred percent of our customers are people. Mm. And if we just took it back and said. What is the problem that people are facing that we need to solve for people? Then we can be in a better place. We can take everything up from there. So we were talking about that earlier, um, about why do we overcomplicate everything? But and and that's the side question, right? Like, what is so hard about just talking to another human being and asking them? What did you? What do you really hope to get when you come and interact with us? So that's we're, Faye Thompson posing the question. We're, we're we're so hesitant to do that that we insert layers of proxy, right? And that's always been my biggest frustration: is that there's all these problems that need to be solved, and the the easy solution is to get person A talking to person B. Person A being someone that is going to be creating something that could solve the problem for person B. And instead of getting person A to talk to person B, we create five levels of uh, other people who are kind of getting in the way or posing the question. And so by the time person A, who's going to be creating the solution, is faced with 
the creation of the solution, they are so far removed from person B's problem that the whatever they produce is just a, a lot of rubbish. Right. And every well, one of those people had had filters and biases that they brought to it. Exactly. So, so what they heard, they 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 hear with their with their interpretation of biases. They translate <laughs> with, yeah, again, and then they communicate out with their interpretation of biases. So then it's exactly. like so so in any given telephone game. And in any given series of exchanges, you introduce both <laughs> delay, yes, and deformity yes. in the original message. Exactly. That's true. This is the Chinese telephone issue. Yeah, mm -hmm. that is the Chinese telephone. So our kids know this. Well, but it's amazing that our kids know this, but we don't as adults working in, in corporations. Well, we do, though. So the interesting thing... So when you say we, who is we? We? Well, so many of us as humans. Like, humans know this, right? We played the telephone game as kids. We yes. know the problems that the telephone game installs. All right? And then... the. The whatever system that we work in that makes sure that we forget about the telephone game and we start to I don't know type things out because that makes more sense um, <laughs> that'll make everything clear yeah exactly and so therefore you know that's a thing and then and then kind of so there's a part of me that's very into let's solve the problem in the very cleanest fastest and best possible way and and for me the solution to that problem is that person A sits with person B they talk to each other they decide on, first of all, what the problem is that needs to be solved. Then they come up with the solution for the problem, and then they create that solution together. They co-create that solution. Co-creation of solutions. Indeed. Critical. Indeed. Mm. And so maybe person A and person B are like a group of people, right? So maybe sure. there's five people in <coughs> team A and five people in team B or whatever it is. But between those kind of groups, they, can, they have a problem, and then they can co-create a solution. Because... They all on the same page, you know, Smart and, people. and that's totally, totally, totally awesome, and and that's kind of how I want to do it. Uh, and then and then I kind of and then I see, uh, so Dave Snowden posited something a little while ago where he was he was speaking about how there was this one corporation in China where what they were optimizing for was job creation. And so they had a whole lot of people just running around creating documentation and some other random bits of uselessness um, because they needed to be able to pay people uh, and those people needed jobs. And so they created jobs to do pretty much nothing of any use or purpose. Um, looks in, very familiar in, in terms of to, what's happening in, in South Africa. Exactly. <laughs> and, so, and so there's a part of me that kind of thinks to myself, or in hmm, America. There's this, mm. this kind of there's on a level a need for <laughs> for job creation and then the, for me there's this, this like need for lean problem solving I guess and so I wonder like so the question the is what problem right? are we trying to solve <laughs> indeed e exactly and so for me I think and that why? that's the I so, but I think we have a point. Yeah. I, I'd like to interrupt Virginia for just a minute. This is Don being rude. I would request. I would suggest instead of why, what is the benefit of solving that problem? Exactly. Mm. Right. That's a better question, Regina. Sorry. Yeah. Well, it's Regina. I don't know if what I'm going to say now leads on from what you just said. Uh, there is organizational dissonance. 
which is organizations want to add value to their customers. It's all very academic. Uh, they don't know how to add value. They don't know how to get closer to their customers because they have five layers of, of, of structure, which in a sense provides a lot of job security to a whole bunch of people. Um, so they, they want something, but they are not prepared to actually uh, do what it takes in order to achieve that something in a way that uh, doesn't provide dissonance. And I, I'm thinking back to Snowden and, and Kenevan. It's like we, we, live in, we live in complexity, we live in a messy world, and yet the way we want to manage things and the way we want to control things and the way we want to achieve the outcomes that we want uh, is in a very predictable way, which is very much in a complicated domain. So we want to use complicated domain practices for something which is very complex. So that's where the, the organizations have huge amounts of dissonance. They know what they want, or they think they know what they want, and maybe they have an idea of how to get there, but when it comes to actually doing it, it's hard. And when they realize what is required, they actually then pull the plug. So I'm reminded, just very briefly, about a topic that came up at Agile 2017 last week, and then we talked about it on the podcast again. Um, a bit of feedback that we were seeing on Twitter and just kind of walking among the crowd was people were saying, oh, the Agile, the Agile Alliance program has become so much about touchy-feely human interaction things and there seem to be fewer concrete how Agile actually works sessions and to which, um, well, I've said several times now, um, to me that's not a surprise because one, it's the very first thing listed in the Agile Manifesto. We value individuals and interactions. Um, but also, that's the hardest part, like, to your point, that, it, that I, doing those things is so hard. And so therefore, we need more information how to do that. We need more practice at it. We need to recognize that. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering about something. If, if we, you gotta if, say your name, though. My, my name is Carl. Carl, okay. uh, no, Thanks for reminding me. Um, <laughs> I, well, it's the recorder that needs your name, so yeah, we, we I, can I, see I, your name I, tag. I, I get that. <laughs> so this fine. is this is Carl. I'm, I'm not used to the recorder. <laughs> You're but fine, it's, but it's fine. Um, I'm wondering if we don't have this these two views that will probably always be there. I don't know. I mean, this one that says, you know, let's make money for our shareholders, and therefore we need to be like this, or you know, maybe let's care about our customers, and therefore we will make money and therefore we need to be like this. If those two worlds aren't really sitting there and, you know, those are the two polar opposites almost like, and, and we need to work somewhere in between here and find something that's gonna bring them together. But what are, we, what are we optimizing for is always my question. And when we optimize for date, we get a mediocre product. Mm. Yep. We, we optimize for cost, we get a substandard product. You know, we optimize for complexity. Whoa, now we're interesting. Yeah. Right? And it's that level of optimization, and it's Don's point of what are we actually focusing on? Are we focusing on complexity, conformity, changeability, and visibility? Are we the essential things that I think Don's going to elaborate more on, or are we focusing on shareholder value or these other things? Actually, no, Don isn't. No, Don's out? <laughs> no, Don's not out. Don's going back to a book that we talked about. Uh, so we're sitting here at, uh, in, at Agile Africa, 
and at the beautiful Wanderers Club. At the beautiful Wanderers Club. Thanks to Joe and Barry for organizing. Thank you. And but Oz and, and Carl Oz and, and Carl Regina. And Regina. And but on the way over <laughs> here, we talked about a great book called Tools for Critical Thinking by David Levy, <laughs> last name L-E-V-Y. And something Carl said reminded me of, of a chapter in the book where he's talking about optimizing for shareholder value, optimizing for customer value. And the book talks about that's a false dichotomy. It's actually not either or, it's both, it's both. and. And there's okay. somewhere in the middle that we need to find. And that's <laughs> where I don't know, I don't think we're there. We're, we're, we don't so, know what so it we, is yet. We don't know what it is yet. We've been, okay, let's make all this money for shareholders mm -hmm. and that's done what it's done. And now we're over here, let's provide great value to the uh, users. Mm -hmm. But there's a middle ground here, and this is sort of where the inspect and adapt comes in. Whether we call it Scrum, whether we call it Agile, whether we call it the feedback cycle in XP, um, we need to have this, okay, it's not either or, it's both and, and we don't know how to do that yet. Let's practice and get better at it. It's not, it didn't work, throw it out. It's, it didn't work, how can we make it better? And so one of the things Esther and I talk about in um, shameless plug, I know it's not shameless plug time. Uh, you're fine, you're fine. Beyond the team is experiments. Let's not call it change because when people hear change, it's yes. a big word, they yes. freak out. Oh, here we are, it's the change of the month. Management will do it for six weeks and then we can do, we can do business as usual and they will forget about it before we actually get asked whatever happened. Yeah. So we call them experiments. Okay, for the next three iterations, uh, and Carl was, I was talking with Carl over supper, or at supper tonight about this, and they have this thing where they do development for four iterations, and the fifth iteration is basically a retrospective on what happened in the previous four iterations. He said they're starting to do this. I'm assuming it's, it's an experiment. If it works, other teams may choose to, or other departments may choose to use it. I think it's a fantastic concept. Anytime you introduce a lot of change, you need some slack. So I apologize for not teeing up on the four essential difficulties. No, but I, I think what you've covered is at the core of what we do, and, and I think we've talked about this too, Don and I, the dark secret of, of Agile coaching is that it's all change management. Mm -hmm. That's all we do. But we don't talk about that because it freaks also people out. Also known as experiments. <laughs> Absolutely. Yay, girl! I, I, I often, it's the funniest. So, often someone says, what do you do? And the only answer I feel safe giving is teaching people how to talk to each other. <laughs> And it could be talking to each other about the work, it could be talking to each other about the problems. It doesn't so, matter what it is. And, and the mantra that we go into customers with is get people talking to each other yeah. about the work. It's a fascinating insight from Barry. I wonder if you're actually creating the safety to talk about the work. Yes. That's a, is that that's is that to the point? That's what's required. Safety. Yeah. So I, I and I think that's that's so crucial, 
right? So if we can't actually have the safety to talk about the work, and we never talk about the work, how do we invoke change? And we can't, right? I think that's a great insight, so I appreciate that. It's um, such a big topic, right? So are we, it, it, it's change, and how do you invoke that? How do you bring it? Creating safety is one, but I mean, what else is working? Hey everybody, Ryan Ripley here. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more with the Agile Africa crew. Looking for a conference that gives you customized learning options to explore Agile and beyond? Attend Agile Dev East, the premier Agile event taking place November 5th through the 10th in Orlando, Florida, covering the latest techniques and topics no matter your level of adoption. Immerse yourself in hot topics such as Agile and Lean Development Principles and Practices, Scaled Agile Development, Agile Teams and Leadership, Digital Transformation, and more. As an added bonus, the event is co-located with Better Software and DevOps East Conferences. Your one registration automatically gives you access to all three programs. This means you can choose from over 100 learning and networking opportunities to build a customized week of learning that fits you and your organization's specific needs. Be inspired by veteran keynote speakers, in-depth tutorials, topically driven concurrent sessions, networking events, and more to develop skills, supercharge knowledge, and re-energize your career growth. Explore the program at well.tc forward slash agile. Agile for Humans listeners use the code AgileDev to receive up to $200 off any registration package over $800. Visit well.tc forward slash agile, use the code AgileDev, and I hope to see you there. Anybody, Oz? I, how, are, how are you feeling right now? You've been, you've been quiet. Yeah, I've just been thinking about my experience at a new client that I've been for just under two weeks now. And the first thing I noticed when I walked in is that everybody is in a... <laughs> everybody is in an, an open office. And I thought, wow, that's great. And everybody is saying, we are agile, we do agile here. And I just, for the first two days, I was sitting in there observing the interactions. And in the first day that I was there, um, the testing team was complaining that we haven't been able to test and we're at the end of the sprint, right? Uh, the system, the environment has never been available. Like, where are the devs? Like, two, des two desks across. <laughs> I did not see anyone talking to the devs yes. about that. I'm like, but can we ask them what's happening? So I walk over, I'm like the guy from the outside, so I carry no, uh, no grudges, I don't know any past history. I'm like, hi, I introduce myself, I'm, like, I'm with the testing guys, we're trying to test the system and we, we seem to be having some problem. Would you know what's going on? Like, yeah, we're still deploying. Really? <laughs> Meanwhile, the guys in testing thought they had been told by somebody that the system's ready, but we just don't know why we can't go in. So, it's I've seen what you're saying. People are not talking to each other about work or about anything. And I went in there and I said, well, let's try to find out where the problem is. So I went to the dev, asked him what's going on. He's like, no, they know about it. How do they know? Well, they should know about it. 
So, so of course, that there are a lot of assumptions that I picked up from just that was the first day. There's been more, <laughs> but I've been I'm with Barry there that the biggest thing or the biggest challenge I see is to get people to try and talk to each other. How fascinating is it that our biggest job in many cases is that we're just creating the safety to tell our own truth? Isn't that fascinating? We're not even working on the essential complications. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're not even there yet. We're actually looking at just the fact that you and I can have a conversation about what's true to us. Yeah. Can I just add one more thing that yeah. took me back is there was a scrum master at stand-up. <coughs> And their focus was making sure the stickies have moved. And <laughs> you got to move it across the board, right? Yes, that was There it. you go. It was, I sat back and I just laughed and I observed. We're being agile, we're moving. You said that story is in seat now. Why is the sticky not in seat? Oh, because I'm still testing. Okay, move the stock, move the card into seat. No one's really asking. There was no question. Too much about the work. The questions were about where is the sticky and should it move? How many stickies have we moved today? Right. So I love that and question. <laughs> should it move? No, no, I like the one how many, how have many we moved, stickies yeah. have how we many moved today? today? I love it. <laughs> Great questions. One one question. Question. There's uh, a matrix, eh? Huh? First one And I got to check should it out. Uh, but as you want to how many have moved? And I, I had a chat with the scrum master afterwards. I'm like, hmm, okay. <laughs> I did not want to go there because I was... I see a book of you. I wanted to, to, to just figure out where they were. At. So I introduced myself again. I'm like, I'm that guy who's just come in. I'm going to look at the process and the testing and try and help us to get to a better right. place. You know, that's how I introduced myself. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, so I asked them about Idol. I'm like, do you, how many people in this stand up actually know the four values of Idol? And he didn't even, he couldn't say them. So that was for me. Okay. <laughs> I have you have your work cut out. Yeah. I'm and so excited. Is, I, and I've only been in this place for a few days. I'm so excited and yet so distressed that we're all having the same conversation. It's the whole yeah. world over. It's, it's the whole world over. Yeah, it's incredible. incredible. How yeah. some teams are, are, are doing scrum. It's and then hilarious. you ask them, so do you know about the Agile Manifesto? And they go, yeah. what? Or What's have that? you read the Scrum Guide? Yeah. 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 Right? That? Nobody yeah. has. What's so the, that? The, and the, I've the, trained people and they, don't, like, they have no... Yeah. And the, the, one of the first things that I say is Scrum Masters do not touch the board. Ever. Don't touch the board. True. Like, it's the team's board. Don't touch the board. Actually, why are you attending the Daily Scrum? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not and about what happens when you there. It's about it's what, what happens when you're not there. Yeah. So that's that's a fascinating point. I actually did a retrospective before I. Hilarious. So I was in Orlando a week ago for Agile 2017. I'm now here in beautiful Johannesburg, South Africa, and uh, the week that I was gone. It is beautiful. Everyone come. It is beautiful. Everyone come. <laughs> Agile Africa is a wonderful conference. Um, but when I when I did a retrospective. 
prior to flying out, the team said our scrum practices fell a bit because you were gone. Mm. I said, no, 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 no. We have to maintain these because I will leave one, one day, right? I won't, yes, I won't exactly. be around for this team. I'll move to another team that needs more help. And, and it's so true. It's, it's when we're not there, it's the behaviors that happen. Mm. Oh. And then how do you actually get the, the, the process and the, and the right behaviors in place while you're not there? And it's, it's so crucial. And it, uh, it is one of the big problems. Oh, so can, I, can I share? Sorry, can please. I share something? It's called here again um, from a movie called Nanny McPhee. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yes. Nanny McPhee says, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it already. I love yeah, that. Yeah. I can't wait. Let's hear this. <laughs> you, you want me when you don't need me. Yes. You need me when you don't want me. <laughs> and I always Very remember good. that. <laughs> that's actually that. like that's 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 from Master's Creed. What happens when <laughs> so, you're not there? And it's so yeah. funny because I totally, I had that team. I had that team. And, and it, it's been my best team, actually. And when I started with that team, they were kind of, oh, what is this? And they don't want, they don't need help. And they don't want a scrum master and blah, blah, this and blah, blah, that. And I, I just kind of helped them to put some certain things down to help them be more awesome. And I just showed them how to do that. And I, I was a bit kind of firm about some of the stuff. And I, and I totally said, like, you guys need this and we did this we did a few things and they really that team got better they really got better they embraced it and they got better and they interacted better with each other and they had more fun together and it was really really and they actually they spoke about the real things that were going on in the team and they solved the real problems and it was really really cool and um and then I saw how well they were doing and I could see okay well you guys don't really need me anymore so you're doing really well. You're, you're kind of there. You're speaking about the right things. You're doing. You're making sure the right things are happening, and it's cool. And I was going to be moved to a different division anyway, or they were going to be moved to a different division, so it was a bit crap. But anyway, but I but I could see they were in a, a pretty good place, and I was kind of happy that they were going to be okay. If I walked if I walked away, they were going to be they were going to make it, you know, and they were going to be fine. So I did. I said, you guys are going to be okay. You know what's going on. Even if this organizational restructure happens, you guys, you'll, you'll make it. It's going to be okay. And they were like, and then at that point, they were all, oh, Joe, but we need you and we're going to miss you and blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, you guys have got it now. You don't need me. And it had been kind of two years. Yeah. But that's the, the important in point. In the making, How right? many years was that? Yeah, it was about a year and a half, right? Right. A year and a half in the making. And they, had, they were really, they were doing really cool two stuff years. on their own. And, and they knew and they knew what there was going on and 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 literally the other day I got an I got a, a whatsapp message from one of the guys in the team I I mean he's moved on I've moved on the team doesn't exist anymore he's in a different organization all kinds of things and he whatsapped me and he said Joe you were such a cool scrubber <laughs> out of the blue I woke up one morning he's in India and I got this message oh no he's in the states and I got this message saying like Joe you're like a really cool scrubber two years of five years like <laughs> after the fact of this team being but, awesome on their own and they were totally awesome mm. on their own but it's so many great lessons out of that right oh. first of all it's it's a few years for a team to become awesome oh yeah mm. definitely right it's not yeah. a two-day class no. it's not yeah. it's yes. not six months of coaching it's 
Yeah. It's two years. And then you've positioned them to actually address yep. the essential complication of software development. Right? Yep. Right? Yeah. yeah. Have we talked uh, about is, those yet? We haven't. This is the damage <laughs> that programs and projects do. Is they, they might run for two, three, five, seven years. And then at the end of them, it's let's have a big party, celebrate the success, and then we move on. Yeah. And we're not a team anymore. We're not, we don't have that connection. And then all you have is these stories to say, hey, we once did this awesome thing We were thing once together. great. We, we were, were once, once great. Once, <laughs> a, once upon a time, there was a place called Camelot. <laughs> can, can we go back? Because this is a theme that I keep hearing like over the last several weeks. How does it come to pass that someone who has the role of Scrum Master and however they arrive there, has never read the Agile Manifesto and or has never read the Scrum Guide. And that everyone around the circle is nodding their heads. It happens all the time. Mm. You don't have to do a deep dive. It takes so, you five minutes mm. to read the whole document. <laughs> to read the whole manifesto. If, if you did a deep dive, it would take you an hour to read. It would take you an hour to read the Scrum Guide. How does that so, happen? I'll tell you what, there are people, yeah. and I think every person, and I think you want to jump in too, Regina. There are some of us who have decided that this is how our careers will go. Mm. That, that agility and scrum and a few other things will dictate how we make money for the rest of our lives. And we have taken a deep dive into it, and we believe in it, and we study it, and for the last 15, 20 years, we've practiced it. There are others who have decided that um, over the last couple of years, it's become popular mm. and are going to jump onto this bandwagon. And, and, and those things happen, right? And that, that has to be okay. But it, there are, it, it's that difference. It's the difference of being introspective, taking it deep thinking into this topic and being passionate about it. And, and, and then the other part, that, that comes into it. And I, and I truly believe there, there are two different things and that comes out through, through coaching, community participation, um, the fact that you know, some of us travel you know, 10,000 miles to a conference to talk to other people um, and the fact that, that, all of the, that all the South Africans come to Agile 2017 in Orlando to talk. You know, there's all these different things that some of us are incredibly committed to it and others see it as a money grab. And, and there's a difference there. There's a difference in the way that we, we think about it. I want to inter- I want to inject one of there's a one third group of people who have had the role of scrum master at the very least, and it happens across other worlds, but scrum master put upon them, right? Mm, so we want to be agile. You used to be a scrum. Ma- you used to be a project yeah. manager. And now you're a scrum master. There's a magic fairy wand. Now you're a scrum master. Coercion or, is vile. Yeah, and and so that person is uh, they. They might be inclined because they want to keep their job, yes. and, and they want to keep their job, and and in general don't want to be bad at it. So they might do some research and find it, but but they're still not maybe fully in the camp of oh, I'm digging into this because I really believe in this. I want to learn, but I just it's it's a it's a nuance. So Regina, but, please. Yeah, uh, it's Regina. Um, this is great because I've often thought that a two-day certified Scrum Master course is not enough because the Scrum Masters go back into their workplace and 
uh, do not succeed. And maybe it's not because of them, maybe it's because of their context. And there are maybe also people who are not the right people to be fulfilling the role as well. Uh, I mean, you talk about introspection, that's critical. And often I'm gobsmacked when I meet people who have been Scrum Masters for a while who ask me questions about things that, but, but you certified Scrum Master, uh, you should know this. How on earth, how on earth did you get to where you are if you're asking me these things? So there's no, there's no reading, uh, even just blog posts. There's no research, Googling, just plain concepts. There's no, like, um, how am I going to do a better retrospective? What, what can I find out? What can, who can I speak to? What, can, what blogs can I read? You know, what books can I buy? It's just like a tick box exercise, you know, rather than it being a, a vocation. I might not um, be interested in it. I wonder. Yeah. Well, these are people who've done certified Scrum Master courses, and I, I'm actually so well, surprised that, you know, they call themselves Scrum Masters. And and more than once, there's been a couple of people that I know that were project managers when I was a project manager, and they know I'm an agile coach, and they say, Regina, I want to be a Scrum Master. What, what do I have to do? And I try, and, and, and I say, yeah, I know you can do the CSM course, and there's other courses you can do. And then I think to myself, but my gosh, these are the last people who should be a Scrum Master. <laughs> I know them. I know them. They shouldn't be thinking along these routes, along these lines. And it's like a fad. Hey, yeah. So Don, you're well. Clearly, so I think <laughs> you're ready to go. Fire. Well, so the, Fire, I friend. think this is one of the great things about the community in South Africa, is they have a Scrum Master Academy. They have a syllabus. If you come to the Scrum Master Academy, other Scrum Masters and coaches will help you work through things over the course of Joe. How long? Yeah, it's 12 weeks. It's a 12-week process. So you go through your two days of Scrum Master certification, but then you are helped and assisted and provided guidance as you work into the position. And I think that's one of the cool things about the South African community that, we, that to my knowledge, does not exist in the U.S., so I, let me throw in a little bit. So I was blessed to have a very excellent mentor in Dr. Charles Suschek. Yeah. And so Dr. Suschek, uh, was, he taught the PSM that I first went to. And he stayed interested in me for a number of years, right? So he, and for he, a number of reasons. A number of reasons, right? So I'm, I'm a little odd. But, um, but, but Chuck, he, he, can't, he, he, he had a, a, a mentorship mentality about him, right? And so outside of the two-day class, he already had my money. He didn't have to talk to me after that. But he stayed interested for a number of years. He still to this day checks in on me, makes sure that uh, my practice is going well, that, that I feel strong as a, an Agile coach, as a, strong, as a scrum master. I think Joe's the same way. That, so Joe, who's on this podcast right now, is a very talented CST, and I think she stays very interested in her students. I think she follows up and, and mentors and trains and does a, a beautiful job of it. And, and I think that's the part, it's the mentorship. You know, Don has been a great mentor mm -hmm. and friend to me. Um, Don is the older brother I never had, but always may have wanted. Uh, I'm not sure yet. But, um, but he takes an interest in people and, and multiple people and not just myself. And he makes sure that we're thinking about good things, that we're, we're following through. And that's how we serve the community. Yes. And that's what's special about the Agile community, right? Is that we all, yes. and even in now myself, I, as I see that 
at the at the Women in Agile event at Agile 2017, I had the opportunity to opportunity to coach a a, a very talented woman uh, to do a, a lightning talk where she killed it. So Susan uh, did a beautiful job. You're going to see much more of her in the community giving talks. But we owe that to pay it forward, mm. right? And so Joe is a CST, does a beautiful job of of staying with her students and seeing them through. Barry is a coach. Oz is a coach. Carl's a coach, Faye, Regina, Don, we all stay with our people and we help them through their careers. And I think that's the difference. It's when you take that, that mentorship or mentee approach and you decide that not only do I, do I serve this community, but I love this community. And I'm going to help the people get through their positions and teach them these roles. And two, three, four years out, like Dr. Suscheck for me and like many of you know Don for me, and many other people throughout, that's where we thrive. And that's where we, we, we find value, right? I mean, that's how we actually progress. Yeah. Otherwise, this all goes away. It's about building a better future. Mm. Right. Mm. I love that. Mm. I mean, and that's where kind of, um, that, I mean, I've been really lucky with that because I've had amazing uh, I've had amazing mentors, local, international. You're welcome. Exactly. <laughs> no, and so that's the thing. Don, Esther, um, and you were the, you, Don was one of the people that like, brought so many other people to me and introduced me to other people. And I mean, and in South Africa as well, people that, you know, Peter. you meet, Peter, um, Hundemark, people that have helped me to grow all over the world. Um, and that's been really cool. And so, and, and what's kind of exciting for me is to see two people who are going to be speaking at the Agile Africa conference um, this week who actually were on one of my courses kind of back in the day, you know, and now they're doing their first talk. And it wasn't just me that helped them get here, it was lots of people in the community, you know what I mean? So, and the South African community is good like that. We will support you, we will help you, we will mentor you, we will get you to where you need to be. Uh, to Regina was one of the people that helped, you know, they're not just, it's more than two, it's like three or four actually, that are now speaking at the conference. And that's really exciting. Like people that started that were on our first kind of courses somewhere along the line and now they're they're speaking at the conferences they've got something to say they figured out what it is they've got to say they're saying that stuff they're making it real they're they're doing the thing you know and regina's been coaching them as a speaker you know i maybe i gave them their first whatever and other people have helped them supported them along the way it's the voices of agile in yeah. South Africa, around the world, is people finding their voices and collectively giving Agile a voice. Yeah. And that's there's something there. Mm. There is. <laughs> and, and, and so kind of what I love about, um, one of the things that I love and about Dave Snowden is that. <laughs> that was a struggle. Are you, are you <laughs> that was a real struggle. I wanted to just stop crying. <laughs> just... Go. It's just interesting. Okay? Uh, Let it go. Interesting. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I, I admire his thinking around uh, the apprenticeship model in a lot of things. The apprenticeship model yep. around mentoring and apprenticing, because I really feel like that is what we need when it comes down to some mastery and to coaching. Is really more on a level of apprenticeship models because it makes more sense and I think that 
we don't it, it doesn't have to be the traditional apprentice model where you and I are in the same room or doing the same you know what I mean it could be there could be an extension of that apprenticeship model which is I think what we've experienced true in the world which is kind of having mentors and and people that teach you that might not necessarily be in your same uh, totally the same time zone or whatever it is but that are willing to spend their time to encourage and grow who you are and mentor and coach you and so I, I mean I've been lucky enough to have lots of those and that they've been around the world right and from many different industries actually well we're not having this conversation unless Don has taken an interest in my career yeah exactly right so I'm not here yeah like and I fully acknowledge that like I am not sitting yeah. about to be a day two keynote and, pre and presenting no estimates mm. co-keynote with Faye yeah. Uh, on without Don, without his mentorship, or without right. Chuck Suscheck taking an interest in my career, indeed, or without right. Esther Derby deciding that hey, Ryan's worth a conversation, exactly, right? And I think yeah. we all have that that same kind of thing where yeah. without those things, without Don saying hey, Ryan's kind of interesting, let's talk to him. Yes, I'm not here. Mm. Like I'm not. I'm I'm a I'm a coach in Chicago and I'm doing cool things, but I, I'm not doing amazing things like sitting in South Africa, mm. having a wonderful conversation with all of you, yeah. right? But Except I, now you are, so that's <laughs> true, true, true. But I was so thinking earlier, even but it's an appreciation to Don and to, right. to Chuck and all the other people who have taken an interest, who actually say, hey, some people are interesting, and let's and let's let's build the future, and and hopefully we live up to that, but. The mentorship. <laughs> All right, right yeah, over that's there. But, so, I, so this is this is where Don goes. Hey, Ryan, you might want to edit that out. <laughs> no, no. I, I think I think it stays because. We, we all have the responsibility to mentor the next group. Yeah, that's oh. maybe the core of what this, yeah. the core of what, what this a, is all about. It's a circle for the community. Right. Like, we're all an amazing community. Like, I often sit and think back to, to who connected me. Well, yeah. there's a yeah. connection I made. And there's a piece of paper that, that sits next to my bed. Um, yeah. Besides my my original connection was Joe, when when uh, and it goes beyond before that. So our connection is something different. Um, uh, but one of one of the things I have next to my bed that sits there on a piece of paper is what excites me about this. Yeah. yeah. And yep. it's a question I ask myself all the time, and and that piece of paper goes back to to. Sam and Karen. Who, so Sam Lang and Karen Greaves, right? Yeah. Right. Who, yeah. who facilitated a, a, a session at one of the scrum gatherings on powerful questions. Right. So Sam Sam Lang and Karen Greaves, for the listeners out there, uh, two wonderful growing coaches Agile. out of Growing Agile out of Cape Town. Yeah. So I think Sam's actually back at the hotel, but um, yeah. mm -hmm. a, an excellent, a, a dynamo. Of a team, just just two wonderful ladies that. Um, and just and really check wonderful. the website because they have a lot of excellent stuff yeah. about how you do 
how you go from here to there. Yeah. Right. I was going to say how you do agile, but that's not really right. It's not, it's kind of like, so you're here in your professional career and you want to go there. Here are some of the things you need to learn. You're a scrum master. You want to be a coach. You need to know lean. You need to know Kanban. You need to, and and they stage it nicely. I feel very strong as a, a scrum master and I feel very strong as an agile coach and I've learned from Karen and Sam. Mm. Yeah. And so I, I, I highly recommend, we'll put some, some links to the show notes uh, when or if this gets published. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe it will. Indeed. But um, <laughs> I wanted to go back there too, to just referencing it. That was all fantastic. But to anyone who's listening at home and thinking, well, I don't know any of those luminaries and I don't have an opportunity to meet them, I think too how you and I met at a conference yeah. four and a half years ago and just hung out and hung out and and then um got to know one another and encourage one another you yeah. we, we bounce questions off of each other all the time so like it you know it uh, mentorship comes in in various shapes yeah and forms. there's there's not a there's not a big name to it it's find people who support you who love you who want you to be successful mm-hmm. and then and then have those conversations constantly Mm. And, and advance your practices with them. I mean, it's it's really the reason that this podcast exists. The reason that you're listening to this now is that I love my friends and I want them to be wildly successful. And so, typically, I say very little, but we've had a lot of wine tonight. Some excellent uh, Pinot <laughs> Some some excellent South African wine. And uh, but typically, it's I say very little. I want them to be the the at the forefront. And, and they do amazing things on this podcast. And it's, you have friends like that in your community. Yes. You have people yeah. like that right. in your community. And you have a support group in your community because that is what the Agile community is. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that, send me a, a direct message or a tweet and you will have that. We will make that happen. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is what we are about. No, we're very lucky here. We have a strong, we have a, strong Yeah, and community. for the most, and people here in South Africa, at least, really, we want to help each other be more awesome, or that is my experience of our community. And that is, for me, the most amazing thing, is that, like, the people here, we want to help each other be more awesome. So we we figure out how to support each other and how to make take each other to the next level and how to um, help each other to just do cool stuff. And that is so 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 amazing. Well, it, and, it's yeah. it, a good friend of ours. I think everyone knows Woody Zool. Oh, yeah. We're familiar yeah. with him. Yeah. Yeah. And he always tells me it's easy to get bogged down in the negative. Mm. And uh, he says, Ryan, turn up the good. Mm. And he, in every talk, he says, turn up the good. Mm. Yeah. And, and so I, I love Woody. It's I think he's, song, he's got a great vision of the world. And we just turn up the good, yeah. right? Yes. And we turn up the good in each other. And that's how we become better. Yeah. And that's, that's the whole point. Otherwise, what are we doing? Exactly. Yeah. Well, turn up the good. I love it, Ryan. I love that. Well, it's Woody's. So turn up the good. What's the rising I think there's even a song that does that. Floats all boats, right? Yeah. Rising tide floats all boats. Floats well, I boats. think that's that's the, the bit I've been listening now for a while. Yeah. Go ahead, um, Carl. That's that's it's it's not about the, the particular method or the what we stand for in terms of agile and this and that. It's it's more about us becoming better people. It's about us growing. It's I mean I've now seen so many 
um, of the coaches in our environment where I work at in, in, in Standard Bank where it's really we just managed to uh, get them to show who they really are. They now stand out as these people. I mean, where they were afraid to speak up. They had these talents. They just come out of the woodwork. They just appear from nowhere. They, it's just like magic for me, you know. And it's, it's about encouraging all of this to 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 happen. Um, well, at least that's what. I'm there for is to what's well, empowerment? Yeah, it's it's just there there are magic seeds sitting there in all of us. We've been sitting on those. They don't get time to germinate. Um, they don't grow, and there's amazing stuff that can come out of us if we all just have a voice. If we can all just contribute and just feel like. You know, we're worth something, and I, I sometimes feel that the environment and the, the world that we're in, the work that we're in, and so on, it's just like squashing all of that. Um, and for me, that's that's what I get is, is when I can see these little magic seeds popping up, and then connecting and, and adding a little seed yet another one there, and just bringing them all together, and you know, you 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 get a whole different view um, of what's possible. Um, for me, that's you know, at least that's what drives me. This is what makes it so interesting. Is and how can we get more of that to happen? Is is what I'm asking. So, and that's the question where we should end. How can we get more of this to happen? Well, in this case, it's a, it's just a great group of people, and it's a it's an excellently put together conference by Joe and Barry and Oz and. Carl and, Re and Regina and a, and, a, and a large group of people. Um, it's a lot of wine, <laughs> but it but it what it, what it comes down to is we care about something more than we care about ourselves, right? So we we actually have a have a viewpoint of the future, right? It's not just a capitalistic let's just cash in. It's we take interest in others. We we foster others. We we help other people become amazing. And we turn up the good. And the earlier phrase was pay it forward. Absolutely. What an amazing debt that we have. So, you know, all of you have, have taken a, a particular <coughs> interest in the show. Don's taken a, a particular interest in my career. I owe that to other people. And so as the people who, who actually, who come up, like we owe that to them. Right? So all of these mentors and all of these great people who have helped us get to this seat, which is a very impressive seat, right? It's an amazing opportunity to be in South Africa talking about Agile, right? We're, we're very fortunate. And so now we owe that to go forward. And I think that's the, the coolest part of this show. And it's the coolest part of this community. And it's the coolest part of what we do. So I think it's a good place to stop. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Very good. Thank you. Very nice. Thanks for listening to Agile for Humans. Let's keep the conversation going. Drop us a question on Twitter at Agile for Humans or visit agileforhumans.com. <laughs>